Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hey everyone, I am Katie Petra, joined by David Fiorazzo, and it is that special little time where we drop some knowledge on you. Okay, well, the famed author of such classics is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach. Now that's a good one. Well, he, being deceased, uh, is still having his masterpieces edited for sensitive language, all in the name of that diversity, equity, and inclusivity. Oh yeah. Roll doll. Let's talk about it. Woke. I guess it's a, it's a massive woke effort, according to the headline. And so um, this is just astounding to me. That's not astounding anymore, I, I guess. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach. And what's the BFG? I have no idea what that is. Anyway, among other works, they've collaborated with the Rolled Doll. Is that how you say it? Story Company which manages the work's copyright and trademarks to make hundreds of alterations in order, why, not to offend anyone with those original works that were put out. Now, the uh, story company admitted they had worked with Inclusive Minds, which monitors children's literature for inclusion, diversity, and accessibility, according to the Washington Compost. Now, it's not far from the DEI. They're just mis missing uh, it's a diversity equity. Instead of equity, they're putting in accessibility. So let's watch this video, and we'll come back and talk about it. What do you get when you guzzle down sweets? Eating as much as an elephant eats. What are you at getting terribly fat? Oh! Okay. Oh! Uh, not oh. loud. Not loud. Did they say fat? The Oompa Loompa said fat. Okay, if you... Okay. Let's talk about this, because number one, <laughs> Katie has an irrational fear of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Can't watch it. Can't read Why it. Why is that? Can't I thought that it. was just colorized. It's, it's colorized, and the, in the original Gene Wilder is creepy beyond belief. As a child, it's a, an old movie in color, okay? Now, So did you say Gene aside. Wilder in the original Gene is Wilder creepy? Gene Wilder is creepy as I, he plays I got a very scared. Interesting... Anyway, the point of this is that Roald Dahl, number one, British novelist, wrote amazing books. He died in 1990. He died in 1990, okay? 33 years ago, my friends. And now, because he's not sensitive enough to know in 2023 how outrageous we would be that his materials are being changed. And the Oompa Loompas, of which I've been compared, ha ha ha, so funny. <laughs> the Oompa Loompas actually, just based on what was said there, and based on what it was said in his books, he wrote the Oompa Loompas to say that. He's making a very good point about how if you eat too much candy and you're greedy, like the kids in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you're going to get fat. Fact check, true. Yes. Sugar. Yes. It's like he, he knew long before the nonsense that we have and all the obesity issues we have of this generation and past couple generations it's like wow he's so prophetic he was ahead but, of his time but he's ahead of his time but he's also way behind oh, he's not now, woke. oh now though <laughs> yeah that's right and so in addition to the oompa loompas saying things that are fat you can't even say oompa loompas because that's offensive oh boy just like dr seuss made up terminology is offensive <sighs> from all the terms that you know that dr seuss all the words he made up anyway so some of the things 
that that the publisher apparently mm-hmm. decided to change <clears throat> included uh, in the witches story. Ooh, that one is scary. The, in the witches, the following sentences were removed. I do not wish to speak badly about women. Most women are lovely. I, I don't get what's wrong with that. I really don't. But it is true that I don't wish to speak badly about women. Most women, but it's saying anything negative, basically, about the women. I'm assuming. Um, also, how horrid, disgusting. My grandmother said. So that's out. That's out. Um, when an Why actress that- wears a wig, or if you or I were to wear a wig, we would be putting it on over our own hair. But a witch has to put it straight onto her naked scalp. What? All right, maybe you've heard of the, the well, movie. Most of us watched the movie, but also the book, <clears throat> Matilda, okay? Mm-hmm. In Matilda, she oh. has a mother and a father, but no, no. Uh-oh. Can't say mothers and fathers. Nope. You have to say parents. Can't, you just can't say mom and dad. How dare That's you right. consider saying mother How and father? How dare you? Um, and then Joseph Conrad, like... Er, in the book Matilda, Matilda reads a lot of books. Like, that's what Matilda does. So, uh, they're changing. She went on olden day sailing ships with Joseph Conrad. She went to Africa with Ernest Hemingway and to India with uh, Rudyard Kipling. That now became, she went to 19th century estates with Jane Austen. She went to Africa with Ernest Hemingway and California with John Steinbeck. Fun fact, if you know anything about literature... I get why they're putting, oh, Jane Austen, girl power. Love me some Jane Austen. But they're keeping Ernest Hemingway in there. And they're taking out Joseph Conrad, who Joseph Conrad wrote Hard Darkness. But Ernest Hemingway was allowed to stay, even though he was pretty much a sexist man. Like, he was pretty much, you know, eh, whatever. Look at back in history. They must have missed that one. I can't believe they let that one slide. But shh, don't tell them. They might actually take it out still. Yep, that's, that's what's happening here with Roald Dahl. However, David, okay. there's an Go update. Ahead. Yes, so basically what happened is you have Puffin, <laughs> the one who did all this, announced that after all the backlash, I wonder why they had so much backlash. They were like, okay, fine, fine. We will use our woke versions. Okay, I'm paraphrasing. They didn't say it this way. We will use our woke versions, but we'll also allow you to keep the originals right so then you decide if you'd want to go woke or if you want to be classic and true to Roald Dahl's words because you're smart enough to differentiate what he means when he wrote these books so long ago and again Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory isn't meant to be like reality <laughs> so Oompa Loompas are okay what, as much as they terrify me yeah what, what's amazing is people have jobs and are going and finding out problems with our past history, which, and they're rewriting it. And, and they've been doing this for centuries, rewriting history, but now they're rewriting things that have anything to do with gender or political correctness. They're making it modern and woke and non-offensive, and it's got to be diverse and inclusive and all the garbage. It's just really amazing. It'll never end. It will never no. end. Uh, where do you because stop? Even, they, they won't, because even these changes are going to be changed a couple of years from now because it's not woke enough. It's, it's never ending. Once you go down that rabbit hole, you are going down that rabbit not hole. Not woke enough. Someone should write a book. Anyway. All right, still to come, a famed Catholic university is set, oh, wait a minute, a Catholic university set to cut religious studies for theology majors in order to fund more popular non-biblical courses. God help us. That's next. 
Are there any true Catholic universities, David? Well, well the key word in that question would be true. True, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's actually a rhetorical question. So anyway, <laughs> we're going to add Marymount University in Virginia, no. squarely on the side of nope. <laughs> uh, it's a liberal arts college that is considering cutting 10 majors and programs and including in this whole cut is the religious studies and theology at a Catholic university. Let's oh, just, let's okay. Just, okay, well, got it. Got you know, it. Got my brain put, wrapped around that. Yeah, you have to put Catholic in quotes. Yes. Right? Now, this, they university. say, is due to a lack of potential growth. On the positive, arguably, on the positive, they're also planning to eliminate bachelor's degree programs in philosophy, although mathematics isn't good, but art, history, sociology, English, economics, and secondary education. Basically, I would not be able to attend this university. Why English? Do they teach it anyway? That's true. Do they teach? What do they actually teach in English? Yes. Um, It also plans to axe a master's program in English and humanities. Mm. So I'm kind (laughs) of. Is that where your degree is? No, my mine's political science, but it all. I mean, it 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 goes along with all these humanities, (laughs) Uh, and communication and secondary education. I have many a degree now. I'm kind of torn on this because I have been a product of getting all those degrees and seeing some of the nonsense, a lot of the nonsense that consists within them. So I'm torn like, yep, you might as well get rid of them. It's a waste of time and money. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what liberal arts degrees were meant to be is that understanding art and history and sociology and English and economics, and especially being at a Catholic university, religious studies and theology. Now, again, they're doing this because they want to go to the more, like, I guess, commercialized, beneficial type majors, the ones that will bring in the dollar dollar signs. And so, of course, they uh, have talked about it and they're considering it. And Marymount University's president, Irma uh, Becerra, supports the controversial cuts, which have sparked the backlash from the school's students and the alumni. Now, the plan is also supported by the Faculty Advisory Committee and the Academic Policy, Budget, and Planning Committee, according to a university spokesperson. Hmm. Now, Becerra said that over the long term, it would be irresponsible to sustain majors and programs with consistently low enrollment, low graduation rates, and lack of potential for growth. Ooh, that last one stings in terms of those English majors. Uh, Lack of potential (laughs) for growth. Now, recommendations (laughs) and decisions on the programs marked for elimination are based on clear evidence of student choices and behavior over time. Fascinating. Yes. The student government president, Ashley Trejo Mejia, pushed back on the upcoming changes, calling them detrimental to the diversity of a student body. Which makes me wonder what her major is. Yeah. Um, Now, the updated plan will set them up for success, apparently. As the plan states, universities that will thrive and prosper in the future are those that innovate and focus on what distinguishes them from the competition. Digital disruption, economic conditions, and the explosion of low-cost online courses Providers have put pressure on universities to reinvent their institutions in order to compete. Students have more choices than ever for where to earn a college degree, and MU must respond wisely to the demand. David. Yes. Basically, do you think we should just cut all universities out and go to these online or other ways of getting educated? Um, Yes and no. Yes, I mean, I'm not a fan of universities. That's uh, part of the problem in the country, but... 
I want to hear what a couple of professors have to say about this. When you look up the mission statement at Marymount University in Arlington, the school describes itself as a comprehensive Catholic university with education grounded in the liberal arts. But ask these professors. I was shocked. That mission is going down a different path. Looking at the bigger picture, I think this is a step in the wrong direction for American culture in general. They joined many students, faculty and alumni concerned about the future of the school. Officials recently proposed cutting primarily nine liberal arts majors and one graduate program, including theology, history, art, math, and English. How can you have a university without English, without math? How can you have a Catholic university without theology and religious studies? They say the president turned down an alternative plan by faculty that would have combined classes and avoid major cuts. There's no clear financial reason for doing this, so I was very surprised. Okay, well, it's good to see two female teachers at a Catholic university because a lot of feminists want to destroy the patriarchy. But anyway, um, what they were saying is what we were saying at the very beginning. The fact that first thing to go, by the way, theology, get it out of there. Get it out. Get out of here. Move on because low enrollment. Well, (laughs) I mean, if it's a Catholic university, they could just go to the seminary. Shouldn't that theme run through all of their studies, though? The the worldview of the Bible and... Yes, so it's it's just an interesting thing, I guess, with the university, especially when you are, you know, the Christian colleges or specifically the Catholic universities. In quotes, in, Christ, Christian and Catholic. Christian, yeah, we'll do it for both. Yep. Um, what they're doing, the direction they're taking, because we've reported on there have been some Christian universities who have actually stuck to their mission, and guess what? They've seen things grow. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that they're yes. saying this is not a financial decision makes me wonder, then what kind of decision is it? It doesn't really make sense. The lack of potential growth. Like, shouldn't you be encouraging that growth within? It just seems like they're giving up and being like, well, eh, we're just going to throw out the baby with the bathwater on this Mm. one. It doesn't make too much sense to me. But anyway, coming up, we have a new study that finds today's college graduates are not emotionally ready for the professional workplace. Surprise, Citing mental health concerns and... We'll, we'll give you some stats on this. Stay with us. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Can you believe it? I can. Uh, Recent college graduates are not emotionally ready for work. Really? find out according to a survey that was conducted by the Mary Christie Institute, which is administered by Morning Consult. And they discovered that recent college graduates are not emotionally prepared for the workplace. Now, specifically, the survey found that more than half of these young professionals self-reported emotional or mental health challenges. It said, our findings show that once in the workplace, young people continue to struggle mentally and emotionally. Hmm. Like, let's take a look at what are some of the various things that we saw. Um, The survey did find that 43% of those individuals with mental health said they had anxiety, while 31% reporting having depression. So you're looking at more than 4 in 10 of the individuals who have mental health things, anxiety. And you see this all over the social medias and everything. Everyone has anxiety. 
why we have anxiety it's probably because of everything going on in the world and the lack of anyone uh you know going back to the true word and everyone focusing on me 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 all the time instead of looking beyond themselves i think a lot could have to do with that Mm -hmm. uh and then the simple fact that three out of ten more than three out of ten say they have depression now that goes an extra step obviously now women reported worse mental health than men (laughs) yep as we know teenage girls especially as well yes are, are saying they were suicidal the new stats out on that saying that more women or Teenage girls were suicidal than ever before. I believe it's one in three. One out of every, well, one three in ten. Three. One out of oh, every, okay. well, 30, 31 percent. I thought considered. it was like 31. Yeah, considered suicide. Yeah. And that's up from 19 percent. That was And in men, tr- yeah. like young men are even up, but women, or young women, I should say, teenage girls are up even more, which is yeah. just drastic. Now, um, so women reported worse mental health than men. 68 percent of males self-reporting good or excellent mental health but only 45% of females were saying, I'm good to go. So one out of every two females you see are not doing as great as good or great could be, Mm. according to them. Now, Sarah Ketchin Lipson, who's a PhD EDM of the Boston University School of Public Health and the Healthy Minds Network, who advised on the survey, said that this is more evidence that mental health problems, particularly stress and anxiety, are extending beyond college and into the workplace. We know that meeting the mental health needs of young people in college benefits not only students, but also institutions. In much the same way, supporting the mental health of young professionals is likely to benefit employee productivity and retention, thus influencing the success of entire organizations david Hmm. i just want to talk a little bit here about what is happening if we're talking about young professionals who recently came in because these people uh it was over 1005 adults who were surveyed back Mm -hmm. in november yeah and they were ages 22 to 28 okay okay that's so right out of college to they've been out of college age wise generally speaking so this will include covid Yes, a little bit, yes. But also just in general, the education level. And I want to just kind of roll back on you because you've been in the workforce a little bit longer than me. Just a few years. Just a couple years. Now, come on. But what fascinates me on this is the expectations that are put on to the young people of once you get out in the real world, David, when you get out in the real world, you're going to learn like what needs to be done. And this is coming from the older generations, right? They're going to learn those kids once they get in the real world. The kids get out in the real world. They haven't been taught anything. No, you're right. I think most of this is coming from, and and plus social media and all that compounding, like all the compounding factors. But I think something very interesting that we just don't talk about as much is the fact that the older generations say, oh, those young kids, they'll just learn when they get in the real world. Well, it's your generations who are supposed to teach those younger generations. And then when they get in the real world to work alongside you, they haven't been taught. And so that gives them so much anxiety and stress and just mental breakdowns. I think that's a key factor. The expectations put on them because the older generations just keep yelling at them instead of being like, here, let me teach you. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree that it's uh, so much emphasis should be put on the older generation in that that you'll you'll learn when you get out in the real world. I think it's the lack of preparation to get in the education system. They are absolutely not prepared because they're not educated. But who, who are they supposed to be educated by? Or who, well, the, you well, know, pa- that's, where, got, that's where I'm kind of coming from. It starts at home. Well, yeah. It starts at home with the parents. Parents have to get, get engaged and get, have to get back into their child's 
education and their worldview. Start with the worldview. Start with home, building their faith and their worldview, and then educating them on other things. But the, you can't trust the system and what they're learning. Are you kidding me? You've, if you've watched this program for any length of time, you know what they're learning. I would call it they're being brainwashed in the school systems. That's not preparing them for the, quote, real world. So it's, it's, it's less what the old generation used to say. Yeah, you, well, you're not ready for the well, you'll, you'll learn when you get out there. No, it's they're not prepared. And then you've got COVID. You've got the isolation. You've got the gender surrender agenda that's been implemented in the last five, 10 years and skyrocketing now. And you've got higher suicide rates. You've got social media, peer pressure, Hollywood's garbage. And you're telling me that these kids aren't prepared. We're not making fun of this, friends. Of course, they're having mental issues here, mental problems. And there's a mental health crisis on our hands, but no one seems to want to address really what the core problems are. Preach. There's my two cents. Preach. And I could go on. Preach. But we've got a time limit. All right. Still to come, a new family-friendly program in Nevada is now allowing state employees the opportunity to bring their babies to work. We're going to discuss that one next. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Well, interesting story here, and I can't wait to get Katie's input, but pro-life and pro-family advocates are celebrating a new program at the Nevada State Treasurer's Office that will allow employees to bring their babies to work with them. There's the headline. It's a family-friendly program. I love this. Anything that's going to allow a woman to have their, her child or baby with her, I should say, the baby when they're young. But I do see the potential downside of it, too. It depends on the place. We said this, I think, in an earlier program. Um, it depends on the place of employment. It depends on the business, maybe. Uh, Katie, your thoughts on that? Oh, by the way, we've got a video. Before your thoughts, let's go watch the video. The Treasury's Infant to Work pilot program started this year and comes as the state does not offer paid leave specifically for new parents. Before learning about the program, Fausto was unsure about what she would do with Baby Diamond. I was gonna try to figure out a schedule with a family member, but it's hard when, you know, they have all their own schedules and life going on, so. Finding childcare in Karsten is really hard. If you can't find it, it's really expensive, but for the most part, you just can't. Treasurer Zach Conine said he wants to attract and retain quality employees by making working for the Treasury as easy as possible. And sometimes that takes a little bit of grace, right? I mean, there's going to be a time uh, where Diamond is going to throw up on that carpet and it's okay um, because it's just a carpet, right? I'm hoping that this helps others, you know, see that side and how important it is to have that bonding time with your infant. So Katie, what could go wrong? 
oh, a lot could go wrong. <laughs> I want to make note that one, this is government jobs. Yeah, good so point. it's it's not going to be your you know your nurses who are just going to have a baby strapped on, or you've got a firefighter strapped on right. the back or anything. These are more sedentary jobs where they can sit at a desk and the baby can be in the bassinet right next to you. Good point. And um, this is for new moms and dads, although it'll mostly be the new moms I would expect to have happen, but it could be for dads as well. Uh, they can bring the baby to work until age six months. What? So what oh. then means is likely in what they said too, is there because you can take three months off, like, you know, that's what you're actually allowed, even though it might most likely in their case be unpaid. They're trying to get the women back into the workplace earlier mm -hmm. by allowing the right. kid to then come. Okay. So, but even if you take those first three months off to recover and everything, that leaves three more months only of this to be eligible, which huh. is a good thing. But also when you're talking about daycares, I get where that would be beneficial because you, some people are on wait lists for months and months and years. Basically, if you get pregnant, you better already be on a daycare wait list if you're going to need that service at all. Hmm. Um, so I, it could be beneficial. I don't know how if like I was given that opportunity, which I was not, but if I was like how that would have played out, it probably could have been beneficial. And, and yay, if it's working out, I guess they said that more than 170 employees have participated. So maybe hmm. they'll be more productive this way. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, we have to emphasize it is a pilot program. Mm -hmm. So it's not anything that's been, you know, tried across the country. But again, it, there's so many variables. It depends on the business. I, I, I missed that, that it was only for six months. I thought, boy, wouldn't it be great if that was for a whole year? And again, it would depend on the business. Well, once that toddler or toddler and baby, still infant, becomes a little bit more mobile <laughs> at Ooh. about six months, maybe uh -huh. the starting to, you know, maybe wiggle around and crawl a little bit, then it could be uh, it could be a little bit more chaotic. But up until six months, that baby's pretty, pretty much just there. And I, I guess it could be beneficial. Maybe you get to take naps along with the baby. That would be, that'd be <laughs> I would take that perk if I could have well, it. Well, if, if it was a four-day work week, that would be even better. That would be even better. Wow. Yeah. Good things. All right. Well, make sure you are hitting that like button if you're watching us right now on social media. And send us a little bit of your feedback. Now, for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.